Open the five bay doors, please, pal. All right, all right, all right. You're gonna need a bigger potion. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration? Look at the coast. We get together, have a few laughs. <laughs> a movie odyssey with Brad Patel, Gus Trout, and Adam Lucas. I did a bad bad. I ate a gummy a little bit too early. Usually I just do it to like go to sleep and I like we had gotten all this popcorn for a pumpkin carving hangout on Sunday and I just had all the popcorn leftover popcorn in front of me there's a cool popcorn place here in Erie called Pop Luck and it has all these different flavors da, 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 da. I have all this popcorn in front of me I'm just munching on all of that then somebody left these like Ritz cracker bite things that are like sour and cream I break into those and then I'm like you know what <laughs> I think there's ice cream in the fridge. <laughs> Stoner Gus eating all the Jesus. food in the house. It was it was really bad. Yeah, I do that too. Well, should we get into it? Uh, shall I do an intro? Seems like a good place to. Hey, hey, Gus, where intro? did you put that popcorn when you were eating it? Where did you put it? In my mouth of madness. <laughs> <laughs> That was not forced at all. All right. That's Natural segue. Segue. Yes. Segue. S-E-G-W-A-Y. Segue. Because I the protein powder that I drink after my workouts is called Segway, but it's with a W-H-E-Y. Oh, Segway. Also, don't work out and made that up. Okay. Hey, gang. Welcome back to our show. My name is Brad Patello, and I'm joined by my good friends Gus Trouth and Adam Lucas. Our fall spooktacular continues with this week's movie, In the Mouth of Madness, from 1994, directed by John Carpenter, one of my favorite directors, who, at this point in his career, was kind of floundering a bit, but uh, I would say this one's a hit, right? This movie, this is one of those John Carpenter movies that's like, he tried. Did you? Always, I, it, yes. Did yeah. You right. There are ones movies where he does not try. In four years, he will have made John Carpenter's Vampires, and he does not give. Oh, Vampires is one of the worst movies I ever saw. I, I, again, I don't know if like how and and the same with like and Ghost LA, of Mars too. And yeah. Ghost of Mars. Now, There's Escape from like, LA, I like just because it's so bad and so ridiculous. I like, just wonder how much he's like like this movie's gonna be awesome i'm i'm making a good movie or is it like he writes a script and it's really effects heavy and it turns out shitty and it's like you know what i mean because like yeah. i think maybe he's, he's bipolar York, or something or you know what i mean like it just seems like how can he's, you be bipolar for an entire like production you can well, be you bipolar don't know much about bipolar lifetime. like you can <laughs> well you mean but are we speculating as to whether he thought he was making a good movie when he was doing vampires or how about this? He has like his, he has, there's a, a handful of his movies and they're in between stuff. Like the thing is like a real movie and feels like a real movie. It's a great, this, movie. This, it's one of the best this movies feels ever made. and looks like a real movie. Big trouble in little China looks and feels like a real movie then there's like prince of darkness and um ghost of mars ghost of mars and these other movies that have like such a cheap quality to them ghost of mars looked so bad it was like what why well like, even um which i like but uh what's that fucking movie that we already did 
They Live? They Live. I love They, they Live. They Live I love is a it huge too, but guilty it has, pleasure. It has, a, it has such a cheap quality to it. Yeah, it's low he's budget. He's making that yeah. in between. Like, yeah, his like low budget movies. But he just is like, fuck it. I'm making movies, low budget, high budget, whatever. doesn't matter. I'm making a movie. But I guess yeah. you can just, is that how much budget accounts for stuff? You know, I, I don't know. But this movie just has like a overall, like higher quality to, that's apparent when you look, when you compare it to some of his other movies. How about that? Well, yeah, there's more effects and the effects are more impressive. This movie was being made without him for years before, you know, the pre-production and gathering the crew and everything. He, he was added onto this kind of not last minute, but after two other directors dropped out. Oh, so you know what I mean? There was already a framework there. That's true. Yeah. So he was probably just working with a lot of things that are already in place. I will say all of his good movies is like legit, legitimately good movies are not written by him. (laughs) That's another thing. Yeah. I think when he he is not the screenwriter, he gets more budget and maybe some people are more willing to work with him. And I think there might be a thing in his career where like, well, I don't know what the first movie, you know, that he wrote was, but maybe there was like, a, oh, this is he. Guys, he wrote this one. Like, we can let him make it, but we're I mean, not going to. Did like, he write Halloween with his he did. wife? He, he wrote did Halloween. write that. Yeah. But I mean, like after that, like. Assault right. on, like, I want to make this, this movie. the thing. Assault yeah. on, yeah. He wrote Assault on Precinct 13. Which, which... is fucking, I, like, I, I don't get, like, that movie's not good, like, unwatchable for me, personally. I like that movie. I don't, I don't know. I don't mind it. He also wrote. I think he just might be a little uh, insane, like, like all of us, but just, <laughs> yeah. you know, in his particular way. He also wrote uh, Eyes of Laura Mars, but didn't direct it. Um, which well, I've definitely that was, heard of that movie before I, Halloween. Like, uh, so Dark Star, that's a student film. Assault on Precinct 13 is his first feature, like out of the gate. And then the next one is Halloween that he writes and directs. Writes and directs The Fog, writes and directs Halloween 2. Um, does not write The Thing, um, does not write Big Trouble in Little China. Um, Writes he, Prince of Darkness, writes They Live. I guess I would like to see the budget. Did he write They as Live? Almost, yeah, as Frank Armitage. He used a pen name. Oh, there, yeah, but... that's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I guess it would be interesting yes, to see yes, the yes. budgets of these well, movies. Because... And I wonder if he did that because at this point he had maybe like Prince of Darkness kind of tainted his name as a writer. And so he's like, oh, I'm going to put a different name on the screenplay to get funding for my next movie for they live i don't know i think he did i think i think he wrote it and then pretended he didn't to get more funding i think i think that's true makes sense that's what i would do i mean i guess anyway i can't blame the guy for giving up on hollywood entirely and just doing music like because every every movie that we think of is a classic you know like the thing bombed and was poorly reviewed at first and it's just, is, just insane that doesn't, to that me doesn't make any sense to i me. i know that's it's <sighs> that was know. like a classic movie when i was like 10 and watching it i don't understand how any sentient person could watch that unless they just like hate scary movies or something i think it was that. too gross i think that was the big because this was the same year as et 
And so it was like the yeah. opposite of E.T. is this cute alien movie. And then there's this other I mean, alien. E.T.'s kind of gross. Well, yeah. Well, he's he's, he's got appeal <laughs> he's, to him, though. He's like, sure. He's a good yeah. character. The whole he's point of the movie is to make you figure. love. Yeah. Yes. The whole point of that is to make you want to buy stuff with him on it. Steven Spielberg. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And there, I, there was I a serial. Yeah. Have we done E.T.? No. God should damn do it. We're on the list. All right. That's a Thanksgiving movie. E.T. Yes. kind of looks like a turkey. Like a, like a plucked turkey. So Sam Neill uh, plays a, an insurance investigator. And I love Sam Neill. Is Sam Neill, he's worked with him a couple times. He was also in the uh, Invisible Man movie with Chevy Chase, which... I've never seen it, actually. I saw that in the theater, and I didn't realize <laughs> it was... I didn't realize it was... Uh, John Carpenter. Did they let him have his font? I don't remember. The only time I ever saw it was it was in the theater. And I think get, I saw part of it like on cable once. Given that it was Chevy Chase, I can't imagine the production was fun. But Sam Neill was the villain in that. So um that's fun. This, this is ab- right after for Sam Neill, this is right after Jurassic Park, too. So which is insane because if you think about there's just something about John Carpenter's movies. They feel like old. Yes, this feels like an 80s movie. I thought it was right? an 80s movie. It feels movie. like an, yeah, right? Like I didn't realize it was 94. Yeah. I right. thought it was earlier. Did you think about reason. like Steven Spielberg's out there like pushing the boundaries of filmmaking and John Carpenter's like, I got my bag of tricks. And, you know, like, but it's not bad. I'm just saying it's just like this. I would. If you asked me what year this was from, I definitely would have said like 88 88? or yeah, 89, 89 maybe. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It it totally feels 80s. Um, I do think that Sam Neill's performance really holds the tone of the movie together really well because it is kind of silly. I was saying earlier, one of the lines, I wrote it down. Sorry about the balls. <laughs> it's like, Sorry it was, about it was the a lucky ball. shot. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, like that is very funny. Like there is like a, there, uh, I don't know. There, there's a, an odd levity to the, to this movie. It is. Yeah. It's not it's a, like, mainly his character. No, but his character is always kind of, he's a little snarky. And he's like a little likes to be a little anti-establishment, a little, you know what I mean? He's like, I play by my own rules. I work for myself. I love his craziness. Like how when he's like acting crazier than yeah, how he handles that is, is just, it's really fun. It's really fun to watch Sam Neill. You know what was funny? I was like, I would have to go back and watch Jurassic Park. But I, when I was, I was thinking about so hard, not at one point, do I think that Sam Neill isn't American in like an American in Jurassic Park? But in this movie, like there's so many times where he's dropping the ball on his accent. Oh, yeah. Where it, like he says beer like one time and just, yeah. I, I, just a million yeah. different, different Frank. things. Well, is he yeah. New Zealand or Tasmanian or Australian? He's one of those. Um, Northern Ireland. White. He's Irish. Yeah, what? I was gonna say, I, I, yeah. I thought he was. I thought he was European of some ilk. Oh, but... I thought he was. I thought I he mean, was from New Zealand his, for sure. His family. All right, he's born in Ireland. Family moved to New Zealand in 1954. He was so, like eight years old at that point. So he, he's got some of both, probably. Yeah, 
So I can imagine if you are eight years old and you move, that would have some effect on your speaking, like your. Oh, for sure, you would definitely pick up. I mean, I you did pick up a little bit of the Irish when he's in the padded room and he's just going hoi to toy 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 toy. They're you always after me, lucky charms. You really got, yeah, you really got to turn it. Hoi to toy to toy. So he's in a all right. He's in a padded cell. The the doctor or whoever the attendant gave him one black crayon. Okay, so like the <laughs> whole intro to this, he drew, is, he drew is on his great. face with the black crayon. Like oh did, yeah, and all over his like that well, crayon like would have been a long jacket, gone. but the yeah, uh, it's, it's true. It's a good point. I would say the um, like if this became like reality and you were living his reality, the John. Tenant, what's his what's his name? Trent. Uh, Trent. Yeah. John. Trent. Yeah. Don't say tenant in front tenant. of me. <laughs> I'll smack the taste out of your mouth. Hey, I, I hate tenant. that movie more than you. Um, yeah, that's true. We should do Anyways, tenant. We should do a tenant. Episode. We I can, we should smack wanna, the taste I out of each other. Never want to watch that fucking movie ever again. <laughs> but yeah, I I think that um. Oh shit! What was I fucking saying? You fucks. Tenant. John Trent. Trent. Uh, his Irish um, uh, in the padded cell. Nope. Oh, reality. Okay, Re- his reality. This <laughs> this thing. This idea of like you like the whole premise of this movie is terrifying. Like you can't escape this thing, and it's just this the yeah. this story is coming real, becoming real, and like you get lo- like especially getting lost in that town. The town sequence is the best part of the movie, especially when they first get there. Yeah, but I guess we right. should lead up to that moment. Well, yeah. All right. He's in the padded cell. He gets a visit from David Warner, who was in several Star Trek episodes. Um, Real quick. Yes. How, how that, that location is so John Carpenter, that crazy uh, insane asylum. It's kind of like it's got to be yeah. part of it. Is it all a set? It's a like that's what I mean. It's no, a, it's it a, was um, some exterior. of it's got to be a location, right? The exterior on, heard it is what I'm talking about here. Don't you don't yeah. you think? Oh, the like, exterior. Yeah. And that, that hallway with the reception desk feels very, you know, like it's the type of thing that he would, if he's looking through photos of like possible locations, you know, yeah. it's like, oh, well, John Carpenter's going to pick that one. Uh, it was actually a water filtration plant so, ah. in Toronto. Toronto. Yes. Sorry about your what or your wood or how do they say it? I don't know. Water. Anyway. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's how they say water. A boot, a boot. It's a boot water. Eh? A. <laughs> so, um, David Warner, and then uh, the, it's so it's kind of him. Re- the whole movie is him retelling these events how leading he got up, there. Yeah, to David Warner. I always yeah. think of that. Dave, David Warner to me is the scientist from. This, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, Secret of the Use. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he, yeah. He yeah. Also, I didn't think of that until right now. but yeah. He also had a really cool death in The Omen, the first one. I haven't the, seen that so long. The I sheet, the sheet of plate right glass ever, yeah. cutting his head off. Remember that? Oh, yeah. yeah Good yeah. death scene. Really, like a lot of, like 10 different angles of it. Like, anyway. And he was a Cardassian on Star Trek. Um, so... Not a Kardashian, kids. Not a Kardashian. Long career. He has been in a lot of stuff, like uh, the bad guy from Time Bandits. 
Yeah. Um, Lasers, honestly. day one. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that movie. Digital watches. So he uh, uh, he recounts like he's, and it, it's a stark contrast to go to the flashback. He's like losing his mind in the in the opening, and then it cuts back, and he's totally just a normal person investigating. They set up his character by showing him dressing down this guy who's trying to run an insurance scam and he's like showing him pictures and kind of uh, a clunky scene i like smoking constantly in this too oh my god he smokes every scene he's smoking that must have been tough for you uh lukey i was smoking the whole way through yeah (laughs) (laughs) cigarette for a cigarette yeah man i was like oh fuck you sam Neil. you can't outsmoke me Yeah, so there's anyway. some yeah, it's it is a clunky kind of setup to his character. Uh yeah, they're that, trying that to is... show that he's like, oh, he's this amazing insurance scam investigator, but yeah, that it's too long and too yeah, it's it, it, he, he does also, a good job with it, like Sam Neill does, you know. I like the idea of this like he's a detective but not a detective. Yeah. Kind of thing. But yeah, that scene's a little bit like too detective-y. Like he's kind of like walking away and turns around. It's very yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. Like if the, all you need is like the noir like lighting. So Sam Neill is har- hired by Charlton fucking Heston. <laughs> Charlton Heston is in this movie. Like what? All right, <laughs> pull up his IMDb. Uh, he's a good actor. Don't they I, pull in? The- I like him. I like. I know he. I mean, he's a piece of shit. But well, I I know he's like all NRA at the end of his career and everything. But like, I I like. Well, uh, he was senile. Don't they bring him in to do the? He's like in, um, Wayne's World two. They're like, can't I know this is just a bit part, but can't we get somebody better than this? Yeah, yeah. They bring in (laughs) and and like when you think about like, and they're like crying how how he's doing that scene. Like he's like he's like ah. Bourbon Street, yes, like Bourbon Street. Bring back, yeah, yeah, like it. Yeah, he, it's a really good, like it's a really good read. Good, it's his He's credit. A... His credit on Wayne's World Two is good actor. Good actor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, he's one of the you know last like golden age of Hollywood. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he, he had a long career. It wasn't it was oh true lies that's what I was trying to remember where he had a eye patch eye he patch. was like the head of the <laughs> yeah head <laughs> of the company Curry. that Arnold was working for <laughs> such a badass oh that was before the, that was the same year as this but before it came out before I love that so, movie so yeah Charlton Heston hires him to find this author not Stephen King <laughs> uh, the author is very not very much not Stephen King he's better than Stephen King <laughs> he outsells Stephen King. But yeah. he's cl- clearly based on Stephen King, right? Sutter Kane. No, That's Stephen his... King couldn't suck his dick. See, Stephen King's from Maine, and Sutter Kane is from New Hampshire. New Come Hampshire, on, it's different. Yeah, There's it's totally different, totally state. different state. And instead of Castle One is Rock, like more it's like End. This, yeah, <laughs> Knobs End. Knobs I think End it should have been called, but you know that's just me. He sends his assistant with him to investigate. Now, and his assistant this, is obviously very into, like, she's not just, she doesn't just work there. She loves Sutter Kane. Yeah, she's a big he's, Sutter he's Kane. like a genius. Fan. Yeah. Sutter Kane is like a horror writer. And 
I'm looking up this actress who was the assistant in this movie because I never seen her before. Yeah, I've never seen her before either. I I forgot a line at the very beginning of the movie that is great. Whenever they, it's sort of like pill time at the insane asylum, and they've just thrown he's Sam Neill's locked up, and they turn on the radio and it's the Carpenters, and he's like, "Not the yeah, Carpenters." Like, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, <laughs> which I wonder if like there's. John Carpenter, the Carpenters. I don't know. They, either he just hates the Carpenters, uh, or this movie it's just is, like a kind of silly, like. Well, there's a lot of meta joke to him, like under the radar meta ness to this movie, which is, it's really subtle. It's not like Scream or something where it's like really in your face, and that's the whole point of the movie. But ultimately, it's about it's a movie about being a horror creator kind of like whether you're a writer or a director creating horror content and like you know your fans get so involved and um so I, it's a little self-portraity right kind of kind of i think it's the person who the i forget who wrote it but i think that they were trying to imagine like a lovecraft lived in modern times and then was also like actually the person ushering in the awakening of these evil forces um i'm gonna and, have and to like subtext is all that other stuff I, so i'm gonna have to wrap with you guys about the ending a little bit about what it all meant because <laughs> i was a little well, i i was confused. just about to say like this is one of those movies where the plot just kind of like washes over me and i and I, i'm enjoying the movie and I'm getting the broad strokes, but like any of the, I, you know, I just, what, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Know I, mean? I don't know what the greater well, the, meaning the, of it all is. The fabric of reality starts to break down basically for Sam yeah. Neill. He takes this assistant to this town, which well, he finds all, they can't the map. Like find it. Yeah. What is, how does he find it? This map so he, that he made? He, like, yeah, it's, it's kind of, I like that a little bit uh, in the detective kind of thing where he's at home and he's like looking at the books and then he starts ripping off the covers. And these and nightmares. The red, the red line. Yeah. The, the, the nightmares and the red lines on the art of the covers makes New Hampshire. A lineup. Oh. It makes a map. That's with what like it, a I dot. didn't get that part. Yeah. It was, so yeah. he makes a map out of like the book covers to right, reveal the location to... of this fictional yeah. town. So they know where it is but they don't know like how to get you know what i mean it's like if you just had a piece of paper the shape of new hampshire and someone put a dot on it like that doesn't tell you what road to turn on and right what, you know what I mean? so yeah. they know they're in the vicinity and they're just driving around yeah until they see until it's the what is the first thing they see is it the kid well, on they, the bike they go over a drawbridge the kid on the bike's at the end by the no, way no 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 the no. kid on the bike no, no, is no 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 the, yeah, oh the bikes there go, oh i know what you mean yeah no no, no. no. there's the, In, there's there's the there's or, like a normal kid on a bike with right, the cards right. making the noise yes and yeah. then she sees the like old version of that kid i think yeah it's the same and, kid and it's stuck it, in like, a loop which is so that like again this is the beginning of like the vibes yeah my catch line (laughs) keeper of the vibes it's like gets so dreamy and yeah the the movie uh, figures out what it is at that point like that that transition yes and like the kids running in slow motion and like that 
the old version of that kid that rides bike on his bike with the like is terrifying like that he doesn't look at the camera he just like keeps his head straight like terrifying that's john carpenter that would have scared yeah i seriously is it because i i I actually no makeup (laughs) well i i actually because the first time you see this old man it's really quick so i actually rewound the movie i was like was that john carpenter (laughs) and i paused it a couple times i'm like no it's just a dude in makeup but i love it is is it the same kid at the end that he at the end there's like the paper boy is that the same kid yeah, because I think like the whole thing is like it, that kid is in the in the in between, it's like and a he's time literally just right riding there. this one stretch, yeah, of road like over and over again. I think that's what the implication is. Did you it's not uh, that intense? But did you guys recognize that kid? Mm-mm. Hayden Christensen, Anakin. It's his first. <laughs> it's his first movie. <laughs> uh, uh, so well, yeah, that at that point, I guess we're into kind of Act Two there, and. The movie just starts to go completely nuts. Like they get to this town and all this weird stuff starts to happen. People start to turn into monsters. I mean, it takes a long time to get there. Like yeah. um they get there and it's clearly like something's wrong. Like nobody's well, there's there. no one out on the street. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a nice day and the sun is out, and it's like, what the hell is well, there's going a, then on? there's a, the children that are just like then yeah, and randomly in the background only she can see. Yeah. Right. And then, but Sam Neill, because he is like, he's like a pragmatic facts and figures. Right. You know, and he's also he's the man. denier of the. Yeah. He, yeah. He's, he's like, oh, yeah. He's the skeptic. Or like, um, people really read this stuff. Yeah. He's real skeptical. People are like, they're like, um, weird about this guy's books like he sees that guy when he goes in to buy some of his books there's that person and remember they're like the person that tries to kill him we didn't even talk about that yeah. you forgot about talk about the the alleyway that he keeps oh yeah kind of with all the like one well, that's the thing why there's would those, so many one that's the most john carpenter alleyway ever oh yeah true um, yeah. it's like if you give if you give john carpenter enough money he will put so many burning barrels and he uh, likes burning barrels for sure i I also love that it's like sam neil is what like one is he walking home to his apartment kind of you get the vibe that he's doing that and he's walking through the most like fucking haggard ass shitty like you know like big city alleyway with 10 burning barrels like i i i know it's a movie (laughs) so it's like yeah they're da, da, da. good it's like good lighting too the barrels. right it's great lighting it looks awesome it's sort of like the start of his because he like rips up open yeah. that little bit yeah and he's he like through and then he hears somebody yeah. getting beat up and when that cop turns like into the crazy like pigged demon face the whole idea of like because there's a lot of things in this movie that get repeated like he goes through that same alleyway, but it it each time he does it, it gets a little weirder, right? Right. Like, there's like and, there's like there's a there's multiple like homeless people, but there are many first. moments like that. They do I mention that, that his books have like a, you know, strange effect on yeah. people. Yeah, I know. I think that all of his books, he implies when they finally meets him later, he kind of implies that like. When he started, he thought he was just writing, but yeah. then he when he he started to then realize that 
it actually what his writing had like had power and then he finally realized like it was all like real you know it's the like 50 50 between sam neill's performance and the like john carpenter's you know aesthetic and mm -hmm. and you know and and the, and the makeup and stuff is and, and effects are incredible yeah um so all of that kind of stuff carries it for me but as far as a lot of the like major plot points in the movie where like exposition is being uh, laid out like with Kane and stuff. And whenever, when the assistant meets Kane for the first time and like, they're talking, I don't know what happens, but I check the fuck out real quick. <laughs> the exposition isn't interesting. Basically. Yeah. Those scenes are like the least interesting scenes. Yeah. I think that's, that's a problem because <laughs> Would you like agree you miss... with me there, Brad? Because yeah, I, guess... yeah I, I checked out during those scenes too, and I they're like too long. I... They like the build up to them is too, like is ramped down. I, it's I yeah, and, it and a lot of it was just so cryptic. Like the dialogue didn't seem to make a lot of sense that uh, that I could discern. Uh, you know, in Lovecraft, there's the um, concept of like the ancient ones and that there's like all there's this whole other alternate plane right right, right. See, and they're trying to like Hulu access that plane on one of the covers and they right. reference the old i mean ones. this is they're talking about the old yes. ones and okay this is directly like ripped off of lovecraft all of this stuff he was writing books not realizing that he was like channeling this energy right okay so he was chosen by this dark world to be their like vessel like to build a passageway to to take over our world and so he kind of just he discovers that and then and each book he gets stronger given power yes and he's getting power drawing power from this so he is like in effect has like became like a god but he is still subservient to this larger darker right and underworld. this newest book is like the apex of his power Okay. Yes, like it's ushering in the final age, whatever you want to call it, you know. Like right. that town I doesn't mean, exist until he writes it. Exactly. And then, and then he have to like, read it to then go to it. Yeah. So yeah. he read, Sam Neill read the book or he didn't? The new book. Because um, the, the new book like is not out at the beginning, but then at the end, Charlton Heston is like, oh, the book's been out for weeks and we're making a movie and... Yeah, that scene was right because that he gets scene... back and it's like he thinks it's only been like a you, few days or whatever. Right, you put this book on like this was a month ago and like, yeah. right, they're making a movie. Yeah, I don't think Sam Neil like... ever read the book. But there's a line in there where the assistant says, "Oh, I can't get out. I already finished the book." Like, well, so the assistant she's... read it. She, yeah. she remember she says that she has a manuscript. Like she's the only other person who's read it. Okay, other than his agent and him. Sam Neill clocks her in that. the face a handful of times. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty <laughs> true. Uh, very Lovecraftian. Again, well, I feel he, like that's accurate. She too. did hit him first. The, the 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 whole thing about him when he comes back and talks to Charles Heston and that like the book's been out and the movie's coming out. I I mean, again, that I get the broad stroke of that is that like, oh no, the book's been out forever. Like tons of people are reading it and that there's a movie come out. So if people don't read, there's a movie like that's, which is a line later in the thing. So it's like this yeah. evil spreading no matter what it's still enjoyable without knowing, like, it's kind of fun that it, it's, no, I it agree. is like a movie to revisit. Yeah. And I would say that the, 
pace of the movie for it lingers a little bit here and there, but like a lot of the stuff with, with Kane, I think lingers, but there's enough really fun stuff and interesting. Like the, when he talks about like, he's like, what does he, what does Kane say to him when he's on the bus about blue? And then he like oh, wakes up and it's all blue. And then like, that, my like, favorite color. And then there's like the yeah. multiple like dreams that he's waking up from. Yeah, that happens a lot in this yeah. movie. Like waking up from a dream and then oh monster and then waking up again. Well, and... that the concept of what is reality and like it is yeah. yeah. And that's like Lovecraft's whole thing is using these occults and these other things to just try and talk about the you know, the reality that we tell ourselves, there's a dark reality to it's like Dexter's dark passenger. And just the uh, whole the whole idea of like reality is what we make of it kind of thing. R reality is perception. I do like that premise and anything that plays on the idea of like either the fabric of reality breaking down or the separation of like the dream world from the waking world. And I think that's all fun to explore and it makes for a good movie you know, generally. Yeah. I feel like they could have dropped a lot of the exposition stuff and just let it happen. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. I, I like the weirdness and I was like into it, you know, like, yeah. Even trying I, to escape the town and redriving and like how far they go into that. They don't just do it like one, two, three. They really. Yeah. Go yeah. Again, I think that's like the, like John Carpenter's direction and how he, pushes scenes and stuff i think is on top of i think one of sam neill's better performances for yeah. like it's obviously not like an oscar performance but like for what this movie is it's like exactly yeah he's nailing he, it he fucking yeah, nails this movie because it, it it's yeah it's cheap this movie's cheeky to an extent and like it is yeah and he's uh, there with it like sam yeah. neill's playing against it and doing it well and, you know he yeah. knows what this i mean i think is yeah and the, the you know sam neill's performance mainly like the, there are other solid performances but he's really you know head and shoulders above even charlton heston so in this film we we got to talk about the bad guy from ghostbusters 2 oh he, yeah he's also a terrorist <laughs> i was like where from, have I seen that guy? And it's the painting from Ghostbusters. Oh, but he's, yeah. and he's also in Die Hard One. Where yes. who is he, he in Die Hard he, One? He's a German terrorist or whatever you want to call he's him. He's one of the terrorist people. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah, he, he's taking the um like they have a missile launcher that they blow up that. Oh, night. that guy. So so in Ghostbusters 2, if you watch the like there's like some test footage or something of him like in costume where they're trying to like, he can't, he's European and cannot speak English. So that he's completely dubbed over in Ghostbusters 2. And he's completely dubbed over in this movie too. I don't know why they fucking cast him. Not only does he not look American. <laughs> yeah. the This has, even though they reference Stephen King, like kind of. Stephen offhand, King had nothing to do with this, right? No. It was all like silly jabs. Yeah, but the author seems, based on what's going on, it seems to have more in common with Lovecraft than than Stephen King. But I, I was wondering, like, all right, because I had to look this up. Is he, is John Carpenter making fun of Stephen King 
but I guess they're friends because you know John Cover directed Christine, of course, and yeah, um, I would imagine it's all yeah. fun jabs. Yeah, and yeah. And, they, and he didn't write it, so you know. How about the end scene? Because I fucking love it. All right, so in the ending, we're back at the insane asylum. David Warner, who we had forgotten were was in the movie, because he just <laughs> he just disappears for the whole. And then he's like just in the book ending it um, i'm i'm okay with that i i kind of like that. yeah no it's fine i don't want to i don't want too much of that like going back and forth and back and forth yeah, yeah. you kind of you almost forget that there's a framing device you know i right. i'd rather you get have back that, to the yeah i'd rather have that than like this i don't know it not to say it can't work like I think interview with a vampire does it really well. Like those scenes with sure that Christian Slater. Con- are yeah, like, there's a conversation there's the whole maybe way like through. Five Amadeus total. Yeah, Amadeus is a really good example. But like again, you're you, uh, it's spaced out enough that you're almost forgetting, yeah. and you're just in, enveloped into the story, and you're not thinking about yeah this well, framing device. In this case, it's just bookended. It's just the beginning and the end of film is all we see it. And which I mean, like, the, the fits in with the film's to, kind of yeah theme of like loops and things within things, and anyway, and the fabric of reality start breaks down for real, and uh, monsters take over the earth, right? That that's how it ends, right? Like this nether realm of monster, like evil spirits or whatever, take o- take over, and yeah. it's the end of the world. Well, right? I think it's that's... funny that like. John Carpenter, who makes movies famously, the whole what? Uh, yeah, I know the whole thing. You is, go to his IMDb; it just says music. Uh, he's a writer <laughs> and does music. He doesn't say he directs. But like this idea of that this like reality that maybe is being, uh, if we're if we're going on this idea that like the reality is being shoved by like, you know, the higher ups of you know what i mean like this mass marketing campaign and stuff the old ones of the old ones but like the that the thing that like he's like well if you don't read like if you know if you're a philistine and don't read don't worry there's a fucking movie to watch too so everybody's right. gonna get infected like yeah. But he makes movies. I don't. You know what I mean, though. I like. That's that's what I was saying. The kind of like when they they it. live is yeah. all about like. Uh, it's Reagan capitalism and yeah. yeah. It was his. Yeah, but yeah, I I think that what Reaganomics consumerism. Yeah. And, yeah. And um. Yeah. Well, I think that uh, he, he, you know that is say that is he would say like not my movies though. <laughs> yeah. Like those are the other, it's like the people at the, because of money, they want money, right? They'll put whatever sells out and they don't care why. And in this case, the why is there is an evil dark energy that is infecting everybody that reads it and, and then drumming up this thing. And, you know, and they don't care that they're tearing down the world. The people on, in the, in our reality that are like pushing the book and making the movie and everything, they're not like, yeah, we're, we're ushered in, in the dark, but you know, the ancient ones, they're just trying to make money they're being used by the forces, you know? So yeah. I think it's kind of like, that's, that's what he stays it's like, within the carpenter wheelhouse thematic. Yes. Yeah. I think, I think yeah. it really fits. I think that I think John Carpenter is kind of a nihilist, you know, like his movies are very nihilistic. Did, like, 
did you guys yeah. look at the um the 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 director of photography has worked with him on a ton of movies like and i would say most of his like kind of like what i would say his junkier ones are like as, yeah. as far as like aesthetically where this this movie mm -hmm. looks like a like a legit nah. really good movie some of like that's what i keep on saying about john carpenter's his movies can dip into looking very kind of i don't know junky to like yeah, well, I think a lot of that's ever, true. Like, yeah. like, you know, I don't think he is a cinematographer. Budget, budget too. Uh, well, yeah. But well, I'm saying, sure. But I mean, like, I'm budget the cinematographer. True. I'm saying the cinematographer of this movie. Gary Kidd yeah. is listed as yeah. both. So that's not, so it's not that. And <laughs> but he, right. I think it maybe comes down to budget and stuff. But like, yeah. This yeah. Movie and just, maybe he this hired movie a bunch just of. looks really good. Like, it almost doesn't look like there's. Definitely very John Carpentery stuff, but right there's like where I would say the thing is like very John Carpentery looking. Yeah, it's Dean, very bland. Dean in like a, yeah, and that's Dean Cundy. But Dean yeah. Cundy also did, um, Big Trouble in Little China. Big Trouble in Little China. There's a lot of stuff about that doesn't really necessarily like it's so fun and funny and stuff about it that it doesn't necessarily feel like a John Carpenter movie. That's stuff, what I was going to say. Of. It's, it's not very John yeah. Carpenter E like that movie is more like how, and, how Halloween is shot and how the thing is shot is fucking like cohesively John Carpenter. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, with, uh, with big trouble, like they gave him a huge budget. If yeah, you remember, we, and his, his big budget move i love how they look there's definitely yeah but it, it, he was and, trying and like, to make it more commercial i think or more you know more appealing have to, a big budget yeah feel rather than just well like he the, always uses this is only really eight. wide wide angle lens yeah very wide angle a lot lens. of wide lenses yeah the, 8 million budget for this movie i love the opening not, not a huge sequence. budget of the the print thing but man oh, yeah. john carpenter's just so far up his ass with his shitty fucking music <laughs> that was so apparently uh he wanted to use enter sandman for that oh, i was gonna say that's like one thousand percent yeah. a metallica ripoff and i was like could, you know he could him get the and the other guy credited yeah. with the music yeah we're like we're making our own metallica song it's that's, gonna be cooler that's what it was <laughs> and I, I will say about that they did have dave davies from the kinks playing on that track too so dave dave dave, uh, dave I, I want him what are you <laughs> the funny yeah thing is, that was uh that... supposed to be enter sandman which would have been really cool but the yeah. I feel like the score for Big Trouble in Little China that boom 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 is that's what Daft Punk used for the Tron prequel or sequel. It's just an arpeggio. It's just what synthesizers do. If you turn on a synthesizer and hit arpeggiator and hit a key, that's what it does. It does a scale. It just walks up and down. Well, it's literally the most basic thing. I know, but it's so good. Oh no, it's very effective. There's a reason what, everybody uses it. What's that, you know? Um what's that uh on the level by Mac DeMarco? Yeah. It's so I was like, oh my god, I like if I could play this song and like to like Yama or something, he's like, dude, it's yeah. like two keys. I was like, I'm like <laughs> there's some very there is something um, about simplicity. Oh well, that's his scores, yeah. All his scores are like well, that. But I would say that some, some of, of them are that is like on ability. Over. 
Oh well, yeah. I think that's what I'm there saying. There are some, some moments. Some of them this... fall over onto like, oh, that's so simple. That's not working. Oh, yeah necessarily down, like there's there's down, something down. they live yeah, yeah. Down, 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 <laughs> but down. that movie's so crazy that it's kind of like quaint that that yeah. it, you know what i mean it makes it for feel more like homemade yeah like, yeah way that I, I don't that, hate i think that's a really good way of describing his movies it's either this like very high-end cinematic you know fleshed out look Big Trouble Little China. Or like kids with a camcorder. Or like a really, really, really good independent movie. Yeah. Or like like, like self-funded, like yes. Yeah. I mean, like big like uh Escape from New York is like yeah. so low budget. In, yeah, but like yeah. they pull it off and it no, it's epic. great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas Escape from like, L- Escape from LA had a huge budget <laughs> and it looks like shit. So it's like Yeah, yeah. That was, I mean, that one definitely feels like they just made it to take the money and run. I, no, no. That movie is probably really hard to shoot. And like that scene where they're on like the hang gliders and they're like coming down and stuff. It's (laughs) the problem. The problem with that movie is the script. They wrote a script. Oh yeah. They couldn't. It's impossible to shoot. Right. And it didn't matter how much money they gave John Carpenter. He wouldn't figure out how to make that work. I think that John Carpenter kept on kind of like, I'm just going to write these crazy movies. And like, I don't give a shit. I'm going to try to shoot them. Like, Ghost of Mars, same thing. Like, it's like, fuck, man. Like, you're, you need to do what you used to do, where you would make a movie that you could pull off. Well, right. He was respecting his own limitations. And at a certain point, I think he forgot. I think it doesn't all like come together. Obviously, we love John Carpenter here. Like we had. Oh, yeah. We we love his movies. Oh, yeah. I think this is definitely one of his. This is, in my opinion, his best, most unseen movie. I was going to say. Other than the thing. I was going to say it's his best 90s. His best 90s movie. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, because in the '90s he kind of started to go downhill, and yeah. But there's this, yeah, and yeah, it's under the radar. People generally don't know it exists. It, even fans of John Carpenter don't know it exists. I love the end sequence too, where he's in a theater and he has this giant thing of popcorn and he sits down. I just Sam oh, yeah. Neill is killing it in this movie. He brings this movie together. I think this so well. would, like without Sam Neill, it would kind of just be okay, you know, but I right. think Sam Neill yeah. really It would nails. be like I don't regret watching it. Yeah. But with him and it's like yeah. And the, yeah. the the movie at the end is kind of meta too. It's like a John Carpenter film and then starring and then the whole every the names of all the characters in the movie or like the actors in the movie and it's I like kinda, him like laughing at it then like slowly like, and I like that it ends there. Yeah. Like I like yeah. how it's a hard cut. Yeah. With him like starting to like laugh cry. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all right. Let's do uh let's do what are you watching? What Guys, are I wrote down watching? what I have been watching this time. All right. Gus. And I'm not what gonna go. Oh, you have it with I thought you were gonna say I wrote down what I've been watching and I forgot my paper. <laughs> no, 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 no. So okay. 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 Um, real quick, watched the first episode of Rings of Power. Gotta say, it looks fine. I just oh, yeah. couldn't give two fucks about what's happening. Exactly. Um, yep. I, well, they're retooling. It, they're kicking it, the showrunner off and retooling it for the next season. It looks great. God. I think it looks, it looks really so good. good. That yeah. that ice troll scene and stuff. Just all the it's landscapes. Like there's stuff that looks 
yeah. I, I just how everything plays. I couldn't even begin to be invested. <laughs> Give a single fuck. Yes. Yeah, the character um, cares, you know. And then, so it's kind of, um, I would say it's like competitor House of Dragons finished that season finale was uh, this Sunday. <laughs> I haven't even started that. Yet. Um, very good. Um, again, it's sort of everything we talked about before, Lucas. Like, there's this. Yeah. It's really good. It looks really good for the most part. The effects are really good. The acting's really good. The script's really good. There's just something but that's like missing. It just doesn't like, have that jazz. Yeah. Yeah. It just doesn't have that extra. But then again, I I did. But I mean, it. it's still good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Biggest budget show of all time. I watched season. Or I watched episode the first two episodes of Andor. Oh. Okay. Uh, yes. And. I don't know if you guys have been watching that at all, but how was it, that? I haven't it, binged it. It is there. There is some like shitty fucking sci-fi e kind of bullshit happening in it, but there's Star also, Wars stuff. There's like Star Wars stuff that just is not good. Where like a lot of like his like backstory mm, as a kid milk. is so not good. Um, <laughs> but there's like a ton of dialogue. There's a great scene where like that one officer brings up to his like higher up that like these guys were murdered and he the higher up that whole conversation a lot of the conversations are so well grounded and thoughtful and in the, in the script and how it yeah it's a much more grown-up um version of star wars than it kind of unfolds in a, in a very natural way that i was like mm -hmm. keeps you engaged i was impressed and then there was a bunch of star wars bullshit and i was like this fucking sucks <laughs> i watched the first episode of the cabinet of uh, curiosity and it's fucking awesome i can't and then there's like a teaser for the rest of the shows or episodes it's a new it's on netflix it's um benicio oh guillermo del toro guillermo del toro yeah. not benicio del toro guillermo del toro yeah, that looks cool. Yeah, with the Doro. It's soup. That first episode was like really high production value, simple story, really smart. I well acted. Like I liked it a lot. I and again, the previews for the next episodes looked awesome. Like I can't wait. Okay, I'll go. I watched all of Andor. It's you know, it's kind of hit or miss. Like again, it's got all the Star Wars stuff. So like, if you despise lame Star Wars things, um. Then don't I, watch it because why I would despise, you watch any of the Star Wars things? I despise shitty sci when I say sci-fi, I'm talking about like sci-fi channel, sci-fi show, sure, aesthetic shit, which is when like those little kids running around with their blow dart guns and how that all plays off is yeah, like they don't know what to do. They get a ton of coverage, and they just edit it, and it just becomes something. There's no plan beforehand. It's just in the edit, and it's fucking right. And so that... goddamn bad. Give me that, some apples. All that stuff was probably okay. shot. <laughs> Give me some fucking apples. Apple basket no, of apples. that stuff was probably shot by like the second AD or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that was probably all second unit and. Um, do you have storyboards for me? Um, no, go fucking whatever. They have blowguns. Go just go yourself. shoot God. Just damn shoot it. Whatever. You're making it's not that important. Star Wars film, you piece of shit. We're making a Star Wars. Anyway, so, but there's things about it that are good. Like Gus said, there are these, the gritty kind of hard boiled, it's almost like a hard boiled, like 
detective or like procedural show at some points where there's like these uh, government officials having these conversations and they don't do what Star Wars normally does, which is like, here is a very complex thing that we're talking about. And we're going to say it in like very basic terms, you know, because this movie is for children. When that guy they tells don't do you that exactly this. what actually happened in a way that that guy would actually kind of that's like this grizzled i he's yeah like he's seen it all yeah he's he guy. wants him to cover up the murders basically because it makes murders like, these guys were assholes. murders are bad yeah yeah there were assholes anyway it was probably an accident or they they've messed with the wrong guy and he killed them and let's just make it look like an accident but he he tells him a story that is like very like it would take somebody who had done this job for like 40 years to come up with this like perfect cover story on the fly, you know, type of thing. Like there's some really good scenes. Then there's the blowguns, and then they, of course they got to have a new droid in it. Guess I what this one's name is? BB? C it's just B. Oh. It's just B. It's just I, B. I do. I like the droid. I like the fucking droid. No, the droid's great. I mean, the, whoever is in charge of doing droids that, You'll be like, oh man, I love that fucking. Do you droid. think that whoever's job that is, is they're like, really good at it? They make hundreds good of droids, people. yeah. Yeah, the T. That's just <laughs> the droid. Oh, you team think they make a bunch and they at Star? No, no, no. Oh, they're, they're just, just droids. There is just a department making... at the Star Wars ranch that is just yeah. like massive. droid research and development. Like, what do you think about this one? It's fucking trash. Get it out of here. This just that looks like a trash. That looks like a trash can. It's like, well, R two D two look like a trash can. Yeah. Uh, it was a trash can. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Um. Uh, so there's if you like a Star Wars, but a bunch of apparently a bunch of Star Wars fans are bitching about it because no. it's like Star right? Wars fans bitching. But, this, you... <laughs> but no, this is Get about out. um. This is about like that. It's too like it's not Star Warsy enough. It's too like good. Oh, <laughs> like, it's well, too okay. gritty. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> We um, want crap. Come on. Star Wars well, has I been mean, like, garbage Wars, for 20 years. I... It's a B movie. It's just like, yeah, but know, it's a B movie, B with, movie. Yeah. with John Williams. Right. Also true. And Harrison Ford. Uh, I, I watched <laughs> the first couple episodes of The Peripheral. The Peripheral? Which is on Amazon. Have I heard of this? It's, uh No. The jury's still out. Oh, it's... wait. I think I saw a preview about it. Oh, yeah. It's got yeah, yeah. Uh, Chloe Grace yes, Moritz yes. and yes. the uh, the shitty boyfriend from Midsommar. Yeah, it's like an action. I like right. Him. I like these actors. I think they're kind of miscast. I don't, I'm hit or miss on it so far. It's yeah. really, the really high like, concept. He's doing this like VR thing and she tries out this fancy yes. new one. And then it's like, no, you're actually like controlling a thing the body in the future or some yes. shit yeah well that i was yeah. yeah that's the premise which is very confusing and convoluted and the characters are acting like i don't know the writing the character writing is like i'm such a badass and i'm in the future but i'm gonna tell you how it is and <laughs> i don't know and they're it's like, like westworld recent season of westworld chat what's his name jack something i think the kid from midsummer who got burned in a bear costume mm -hmm. he doesn't look like a redneck like he's there's rainer uh, yes jack rainer there, there's supposed to be like 
He's Irish. The, the title, the title card you see, it says like, oh, toy, 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 toy. Yeah, he's Irish, but like he's playing a southerner. He has a southern accent in it. His accent. I'll tell you what. <laughs> I know it's like a, an Irish person doing a Hello, southern accent, which is it's passable, but like he just doesn't I look do like declare. a redneck. He doesn't look like a redneck. He's just. There's a show on Amazon yeah. Prime called Modern Love. Too clean. It's an anthology Ooh. series. He's clean cut. He's very handsome. He just doesn't look like a redneck. You know. He, he's in an episode of that, and it's really he's great in it. And I was like, oh, I, I like him. I yeah. mean, I I like Chloe Grace Moritz too. It's I yeah, don't know. I the, saw the preview. Concept, yeah, the the production design, like for some reason, London in the year 2100 has. 400 foot tall greek statues everywhere yeah randomly because of the second enlightenment something and there's like buildings built into them like that wow so you you really went all in i mean i guess somebody yeah the the whatever production designer whoever's in charge of doing like uh, what are the concept design stuff yeah like i was Was thinking the production design was fairly ridiculous for for that yeah I'm wondering if they had a theory like, oh, the next wave in like mega structure, like buildings, you know, because like s- s- skyscrapers have had like different like phases, right? Right. Most recently, it was like just build the fucking tallest one. Right. It's not really particularly interesting looking, just really tall. Um, and then, you know, I mean, they're probably right. Eventually, it is there is going to be a trend of building like giant representative statues that are building statues are like, like why haven't anybody done that yet i will see i'm i guess i'm gonna keep going with it i don't know i'm 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 kind of like kind of iffy on the preview it, did not know. make me want to watch it so no, now it's... i'm definitely out well i was getting kind of like uh slight outer range vibes from it which i really liked and it's amazon so i'm like i'll oh, give it a shot i think you can probably skip it all right so uh I'm going to record an outro. I never did grab my computer's charging cable, so I got like oh, better hurry up. Two percent left. So oh my god, go go go! I'm going to record an outro. Hey, thanks for listening, gang. My name's Brad Patello. Find me on Instagram at Brad Patello. Gus is Mr. Trout. Adam is Renaissance Grunt. You can also email us at movieodyssey.podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, and we will see you here next week.